Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. I am Tim Daniel, joined by Kyle Brandon this week, as we are going to do a two-part episode, releasing the first today and doing the second on Wednesday, uh, where we are recapping every team's offseason. Basically, now that we're at the point where everything's settled down, calmed down through the beginning of the month, uh, we're going to recap all the moves and what we like and dislike from each team. Um, so this week, on the Monday episode, which is today, you will hear us break down the Eastern Conference, and on Wednesday, you will hear the Western Conference. So Friday, you're going to hear Hoops Cinema, our debut NBA basketball movie podcast, where Sean, Mackey, and myself break down different movies. Uh, we are starting with Space Jam, because you know everyone is in love with Space Jam, myself included. So cannot wait. We have a fun week. Uh, we took a week off last week, so we're glad to be back. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Nuggets is confident, but they handle what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. I guess we can say for the two of us, this is our birthday episode, as we are both in the week of our birthday. It's yours today. It is. So it happy is. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm wearing the Kevin Durant Supersonics jersey yes. that was gifted to me by the network. So Yes. That was something we all were excited about when we said to do for you. So Yeah. And I'm I'm of course I'm wearing my Chicago White Sox hat because I'm such a Kevin Durant fan. The only thing we're missing is a pair of KD sneakers, yeah. Right. So yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Absolutely, man. And I'm turning 30 on Wednesday. Woo. Woo. The big Steph Curry. Yeah. The big 3-0. I think of it as Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Went back home at 30 with his Reds jersey. Okay. Yeah. Right on. You know, because he's like my baseball hero, so. Steph Curry's number 30, so. I understand what you're saying. Right on. So Seth, but. Yeah. <laughs> Basketball podcast, but. Yeah. You fair know. enough. Absolutely. So we were just trying to, we took last week off because it was kind of a relaxing week. Um. Not a lot of crazy things to happen after the Westbrook trade. So we're going to do a couple episodes this week um, where we're going to talk about every team's offseason move. I guess that's really our last thing we have to do before team previews come up, um, which we're going to start working on fairly soon as well. So this is the Eastern Conference episode. Um, we're both guys that root for Eastern Conference teams. So we're going to dive into... Hell, man, let's start the Central Division. Let's let's just knock our home division out, I guess we can call it, since everyone in the network just about love it that roots for the NBA has those teams. So let's start with, I think, the team that really had the best offseason in that division, besides obviously the Bucks are going to be a powerhouse. Um, it's probably the Pacers. Um, you know, draft night, they have the trade for TJ Warren. They sign Malcolm Brogdon. Um, they get a ton of guard depth. You know, they just recently got Justin Holiday for a year to hold up till Depot comes back. And really, I think they really every move seemed to make sense for them. I didn't love them drafting Goga Batazzi. Not that I think he's a bad player, but I don't really know where he fits in with that team that already has guys like Sabonis and Miles Turner. I know Sabonis I think is on an expiring. Uh, this is the last year of his rookie deal, but they still have his bird rights. They still have an RFA. So, for them... I mean, I would be shocked if they don't right. bring him back. I would, I would have to think so. They love him there. Right. Um, so, starting with them, you and I talked about this a little bit before we got on the air. We like the Malcolm Brogdon deal. 
You know, it makes a ton of sense. It gives them a, a stable point guard, which they really haven't had. God, I'm literally blanking to think the last time they had a steady point guard. George Hill. Okay, yeah, George Hill. And that was right before Kawhi came to, I mean, the Kawhi thing. So, Brogdon fills that step gap. Um, but now that we've, like, really kind of come to the conclusion and realized that how much older he, how much older he is, and seeing the contract, the contract's a good contract. For, it's obviously a sign in trade, so you have a limitation. But, you know, it seems like you just have this short window with Brogdon to really make that work. Yeah, so they have Brogdon. Um, Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, so they have Brogdon on, um, you know, the the four years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about it. Brogdon's already 26. He's actually older than Anthony Davis. And I think this team is a little bit more win now mm-hmm. than I think we expected, or at least win um, in these next kind of three years. Because Victor Oladipo is 27, mm-hmm. and I would say that his real – true prime is this year next year um maybe the year after maybe the 29 but i think by the time he hits 30 it's gonna actually be on the decline noticeably so i'd say that this is really their time to go i did like that they were able to get jeremy lamb i thought jeremy lamb was the second best player um on a really bad team in the hornets but he was the second best player on a team so yeah to to add that to a good addition and definitely needed uh, when losing Bogdanovich, you know, they lost some, some wing death there. Um, you know, Tyreek is gone for out of the league, out of the league. Right. Um, Wes Matthews is on the bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, Bogdanovich, that's their three wings really. Yeah. Um, so it was nice that they were able to add TJ Warren and add Jeremy lamb. Um, yeah, I just think it's a little more win now than than uh, I originally thought when I saw this team. I like their prospect pieces, too. Um, I do like TJ Leaf as a player. I like yeah, him a lot coming out too. of college. Um, Aaron Holiday, I think, is a little bit away. Yeah, oh, yeah. The good thing is for him is they have enough depth that he can learn from. And, of course, obviously, knowing me, anytime Edmund Sumner's on a team, one of my favorite Xavier players ever. Um, the year before I got on the beat was his last year at Xavier, unfortunately. But so I'm always going to pull for Edmund. I've seen we've seen some flashes where he's played well, and this Pacers gave him a three-year deal. So I like this team. I think this team does have the possibility of being competitive with Boston and Brooklyn for that four through six area. Um, and I would be shocked if I'm not ready to say they'll have home court advantage, but I would. Definitely be shocked if they were lower than six in the East. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that they're in the. Would you say the three to six? Yes, three to six area. Yeah, because yeah. I think one and two. I think Philly, and Milwaukee. Yep. You know, albeit we said last year's go ahead and get us to Game Six of the Finals of the Celtics and Warriors, but I think everyone thought that. Yeah. I think you can basically say right now, Philly, and Milwaukee are your best bets still in the East. Yeah, I put the Pacers in like the three to five area. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. Something that I feel like flew under the radar a bit. Miles Turner led the league last year in blocks. Mm-hmm. He only averaged 28 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, if he's actually on the court, you know, per 36, he averaged three and a half blocks a game. That's insane numbers. It is. Uh, Victor Oladipo will be back um, probably 
around the All-Star break. I think that was what they were planning on. Yeah. Um, so they got some placeholders and stuff in the meantime, but yeah, just adding Justin holiday for a year, four and a half million. I really liked Justin when he was on the bulls. Um, I thought they should have traded him sooner to get more value out of him. Um, obviously he played pretty well for Memphis in his short, short term there last year, but also it's cool that they're going to be him and Aaron are going to be together. Happy yeah. brothers. Since yeah. We have had a few fights this year. We have the Lopez brothers in Milwaukee. Yeah. And then we have this. Yeah. I like it. I do too. Makes it fun. Um, I still feel like this team has a trade to make, though. I do too. I really do. I think that with young assets like TJ Leaf, um, like Sabonis on such a cheap contract, Alize Johnson, they have really tradable contracts. Um, TJ Warren's at the ten million range. Jeremy Lamb's at the ten million range. Doug McDermott's at the seven million range. You could pair one, two, maybe three of those contracts. Um, and a young guy, anything like that, and you could really kind of go after um, someone that you feel like is on the trade market. My my dream trade for this team, I think I already texted this to the group chat, um, would be trading Brogdon. Now you got to get behind trading Brogdon. But trading Brogdon and uh, a little something else and get Drew Holiday. The three of them together completing the holiday brothers yeah. and then having a backcourt of drew holiday and victor oladipo which is the scariest thing in the world they would have three guys on the team that were holidays and three guys on the team named tj if tj leaf was not in that deal <laughs> but but defensively that's sick drew drew holiday victor oladipo and miles turner yeah i mean they could you know win healthy you know, it, I think all three of those guys can be all NBA or all defense. That's too like the kind of guys Indiana fans love. They love those gritty defensive guys that like play face up all game and they cover the gaps. Like that's their kind of dudes. So yeah, you know, Paul George was awesome in Indiana because he bought into their defense philosophies when Vogel was there. Yeah, I mean, the reports are he didn't really get along with Ian McMillan, whatever. You know, but that's neither here nor there. I. I so I feel like they have a trade to make, but I don't know what the trade is because you don't want you're not going to get a big man, right? Because they're already really packed in their front court, and you really don't need a guy in your back court unless you're trying to improve on one of those guys. But there's not much improvement to make, so it's like, all right, I need a you know a three point shooter at the three position and I don't know how many guys out there are available that are necessarily an upgrade from like a Jeremy Lamb or a TJ Warren. So yeah, I agree with that. Let's go ahead and knock the bucks out because I think they're pretty easy. Okay. Um, they did a lot of running it back. You know, obviously when you have the MVP, um, that's pretty easy to George Hill's back. Brooke Lopez is back. Um, Ersan Soviet, I believe is still in the roster as of this moment. Uh, but like you said, Chris Middleton obviously signed back his deal. But like you said, Wesley Matthews is there now. Robin Lopez is there to back up Brooke. Um, and obviously, of your Pistons love, John Luer is there. <laughs> He's playable, right? No. No. He He's wasn't not. playable on the Pistons. He he got literally like no playing time on the Pistons. I just love that the Pistons... I mean, we, tra- uh, we traded a guy that was unplayable for Tony Snell in a first-round pick. What? Yeah. And it gave them cap flexibility, but... To, do, <laughs> to bring in Brooke Robin Lopez. 
Yeah, I think that. Well, I think they had to to sign Brooke, and they had to re-sign Middleton. Yes. To really make any case for Giannis to stay, mm-hmm. and they brought in Brooke on the the. Uh, or I'm sorry, they brought in Robin Lopez on the room exception, mm-hmm. so it wasn't technically like in their cap space or whatever. So they really just used that cap space on Middleton and and Lopez. Yeah, so with this team, it's obvious the bench is probably going to take a step back from where they were last year, unless they make a trade that's a done, which I very much think they will. Um, but, you know, last year that was a deeper bench. You know, there's still this situation of, like, Eric Blitzer was really bad in the playoffs. And you leaned on George Hill, who at a point was your second best player at times in series to win. Ugh, you know? Um, so, but overall, it's still a very likable team. I mean, obviously, any team that has Giannis, you're very excited about. Brooke Lopez, you know, I obviously, I'm going to say my guy, Pat Connaughton, who really, when he saw his role expand for the Bucks last year, really grew and got a lot of fans behind him. We were first on that train, just making sure we get that out there. Um, but I like this team still a lot. I really liked him getting Wesley Matthews, even if it was part of that sign and trade, I think he'll be a good player for them. I remember I went to that Pacers playoff game this year and at points, Wesley Matthews was the best player on the Pacers in that series, which is not good. No, but if you know, you're getting the best player in a playoff series on your team to kind of just fill a stop gap and be your eighth, ninth guy. doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. They, at first, I really didn't like their off season when I when they lost Brogdon, when they lost uh, Miritich. Miritich, they lost Tony Snell, who I'm obviously higher on as a Pistons fan, but he, you know, the last few seasons he's shot 44 percent from the corner three. That's really valuable when you talk about spacing. One trick, Tony, baby. That's yeah, and that's he's very much a role player mm-hmm. in that, um, but he's a very playable role player with really good length. And they're ju- they just lost a lot of shooting in that and efficient shooting, and that was a huge thing that you know they built um, this whole thing on, and that's and they lost a bit of that. Then they were able to get Kyle Korver, who he's thirty eight. I forgot they signed him. Freaking old man, but I mean he was one of the most efficient guys last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much he can really play. Very little. Yeah. So, eh. They met with J.R. Smith and signed Kyle Korver. <laughs> Maybe they met with J.R. Smith and just said, hey, you played with Kyle Korver. What do you think of him? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe J.R. Smith was just a reference on Kyle Korver's resume. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they probably were like, J.R. Smith probably went into the meeting, and they probably were like, hey, explain this, when they showed that clip of him like in the middle of a game just dapping up Jason Terry on the bench and like losing his man. Will you do that here? Okay, we can't bring you in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a really likable team still. I think they're really, really good. Um, I agree with you. You know, I'm just mad that Tony Snell became playable there and he wasn't his tenure in Chicago. Horseshit. Um, but overall, I think the Bucks are a very strong team. I think, you know... They're gonna you know, that Philly series, if which we all think will be the Eastern Conference Finals, is gonna be a very physical series in the that comes out. And that's where we're really making preseason predictions, but it just feels like feels right with that situation, especially with the ramp being out in Brooklyn. 
Um, and I think they're probably going to win the Central. I think they'll be the best team there, obviously. So I don't think I'm making any bold predictions there. No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. I, at first, I thought it was not a great offseason. Now I think it's a fine offseason. Yeah. I think Robin Lopez is going to be really serviceable there. I don't. I honestly do. I think, like, Rolla was always the guy when the Bulls were starting to rebuild that people were reaching for to kind of just be an extra player on their team. Pretty well known the Warriors really wanted the Bulls to buy him out. And so the Warriors could sign him this year, and it didn't work out that way. I was kind of hoping it would have happened that way because I think he would have been pretty good there. Yeah, me too. But yeah. it's neither here nor there. Um, overall, so I like the Bucks. I think they're really comfortable with them. Yeah. Um, the Cavaliers. Okay. You know, we know. The most quiet offseason almost in the league, man. Yeah, really. I mean, I thought they did really well on draft night. I know a lot of people question the Garland Colin Sexton thing, but I really believe Sexton can play off the ball. That is the the number one thing when I when I wrote that piece about Colin Sexton was just he needs to play off ball more. Mm-hmm. And Garland is very ball dominant. Is ball dominant, and I think that that's going to be a really good pairing. Actually, I think it'll yeah it'll be exciting because the Cavaliers are going to lose a lot of games. There's there's you know they're going to be really bad. Um, so those two being able to grow on that team and really kind of affect themselves because I think the Cavs are really at some point soon are going to really try to get some of those bad contracts out of there if possible, maybe by the deadline. See if someone needs a backup center like Tristan Thompson and, you know, take on some of the contract, take on some of the salary at that point. Then you have John Henson who's trying to prove he can still play basketball. So the Cavaliers are going to be young. Um, they have a lot of work and I think it's really going to be up to what happens with Kevin Love from here? Yeah, Kevin Love didn't get traded this offseason, which is so weird. Nor did he at the deadline. Which is so weird. Yeah. And he's owed $31 million, And I just keep feeling that Portland is is the way he goes. I don't know if they're thinking Baysmore and other contracts or if they're thinking Whiteside as an expiring after Nurkic gets back. And more stuff, and maybe you do like Whiteside and uh, Nazir Little. You know, I can see that Nazir Little and Whiteside for for Kevin Love. Maybe that gets it done. Yeah, but I I can't imagine Kevin Love's on this team later in the season. I hope not. Yeah, because it really, if Portland makes that deal, I think the one thing they're kind of looking at as Lillard, McCollum, and Love all making major money. So you're kind of strapped there, but at that same point, those are three guys that can stretch the floor, three guys that can shoot from everywhere on the court. And I think that's the part of the, partially the only reason it hasn't happened yet. Um, but yeah, I, other than that. I think that they're kind of staying put um, and not trying to give up any assets to try and move these contracts. I think that they know that there's no rush on it because – after next year, they're not going to have any of the huge contracts. They'll have Kevin Love at 31. They'll have Larry Nance at 11 million. But then Garland is your next highest contract. Yeah. So I think that they're just trying to play it patient, just wait it out. I mean, really, after this season, it'll really feel like the LeBron era is over after yeah. Tristan Thompson and all those contracts come off. Yeah. And they'll probably, I mean, that's probably the best thing to happen to them. Yeah, because it's time. It's, you know, it's time to move forward. Obviously, LeBron has so. Yeah, and and again, just keep your assets and just lose for another year. Doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I think my biggest curiosity for them is how these young guys really play. Um, you know very well from my draft process this year, I love Dylan Windler. And you and I basically penciled him in to be a member of the Warriors. We thought for sure that was going to happen. Um, obviously can shoot. We saw some summer league impressions where he looked pretty good. Um, but, you know, def- and he's not a bad defender. He can rebound to the guard position, which not a ton of people can really do that as well as he does. Sands Westbrook, but he's not that, obviously. And then there's Kevin Porter Jr., who is super athletic, uh, but has a lot to work on in his game. Had a year at SC. They were bad, so not a lot of people really saw what he can do. I don't think he played Summer League. Um, no. And he's – it's really difficult to say he's a really good shooter when he shot like 55% from the free throw line or something yeah. like that. I, I don't know the number in front of me, but it was something horrid like that. He was my least – favorite guaranteed first round pick on mock drafts yeah it just scares me bad free throw shooting really scares me i think it's such an indication of how you're going to be as a without a doubt as a shooter and i don't know how does brandon knight fit on this team with those two young point guards they've got to try to move them right yeah again he's an expiring so yeah i don't know i mean i don't yeah i'm with you all right, so do you want to talk the Bulls or the Pistons? Because it's the last two we have in the Central. We'll go Bulls. All right. So I love their offseason. Loved it. Loved the draft. Um, obviously, we all knew how bad I wanted Kobe White to drop there, and it worked out that way. Um, really liked getting Daniel Gafford. Um, the, I think my favorite thing about Gafford is that article I wrote about second-round steals on our website. I said, Gafford is the best tight end in the NBA, in this NBA draft class. And he has basically shown just that with I caught oops in summer league, super athletic guy, um, but you know bringing in Tomas Sadaransky to kind of be that gap between Chris Dunn when they're, who they're trying to shop and having Kobe White while he's getting ready and learning the NBA is awesome. Um, I really like Thad Young because the Bulls haven't really had a two-way talent since Butler, um, so I think bring him in a guy who can score off the bench and he's you know really committed to his role of helping market in and Carter grow and kind of spotting with them minutes. And then getting Luke Cornett, who is very, not a jaw dropper by any means, but he's a good shooter for he's a center. A, he's an internet darling for sure. Yeah. So I like their off season, man. Um, you know, they still kept their young core together. A lot of people are talking about the bulls really becoming like a competitive team for the eighth seed. And obviously I'd love to see it, but like you and I talked about Kyle, I have a hard time believing a 22-win team is going to have a 16-17 win improvement to be in a competitive playoff race. Yeah, I will say that I was very high on Kobe White, and mm. I hated his summer league. Yeah, the Whatever. shooting was... He shot 10% from three on 30 attempts. Yeah. Not a huge sample size, but he was not really facilitating um, almost at all. And clearly just, like, annoyed with his team. And so it was just concerning for me. Um, I think that it's just a little further away sure. than than I originally thought. You know what I mean? I yeah. thought in a year or so he'll be ready to just be a young point guard in the league. But I think he might be a few years away still. I think so, too. So Thomas Adaransky's nice. I, As a Pistons fan, that's, like the guy I think that was at the top of our list for a backup point guard. Yeah, career 40% three-point shooter. Yeah, which good length. He's yeah. what, 6'7", six, 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 mm-hmm. something like that. Um, 
yeah, he's a guy that's he's actually athletic. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I definitely like that pickup a lot. Um the Thad Young thing I'm I'm indifferent about. Um but I I don't dislike it by any means. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think they're definitely gonna be better, no doubt about it. I think they could win thirty four, thirty five games. But I don't think that's gonna be enough because I still don't think they're gonna be better than you know, like Detroit's in the playoffs last year, and they've got a lot of guys who are the same team, brought in some better, made a better bench. You know, I think Miami's a lot better this year. I don't know if they're significantly better, but really the team the Bulls are probably going to be competing with is Orlando. And I think between the two, Orlando has Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. And that's the only reason I lean that way, because the Bulls won't have anyone as good as those two guys. Yeah, the Bulls still are in a division that had three playoff teams last mm-hmm. season including the most winningest team in the league right. in Milwaukee. And so that's tough. It is tough. That makes it tough. It really, your only easy game is the Cavs in your division. So yeah, um, those that's a tough that's a tough run for them. Yes, I agree. So I, I think for that reason, you know, when I'm comparing them to like a, an Orlando or a Miami, and it's just like, who's Orlando or Miami going to play on any given night? Right. And you look and you're like, well, you know, if you think the talent's close between the two, I, I would say that the tie would go to just the easier schedule. And that's not a knock on the Bulls or anything. It's just a knock on the, the talent in the division. Yeah, I agree. So that brings us to your Pistons, who made a run at the playoffs last year. Um, you know, like you said, they really did a good job of adding to a really rough bench. Um, obviously, no one in the world was more ecstatic about Sakud and Boya than you. Yes. As you saw in our live draft stream, which was awesome. Um, you know, they brought in Derrick Rose. I know that's a iffy decision-making there. Um, I've obviously always watched Rose and always wanted the best for him. Um, but I do admit to a lot of his flaws that I do not like. So, But overall, I think the Pistons are still a, comp- a still playoff team. And one of the things we really jumped out to you and I this offseason was Blake Griffin missed... 15, 16 games, and was three threes away from having the single-season three-point record for the Pistons. Yeah. Um, he hit 199 threes, so he was hitting multiple threes a game, and you really love to see it. His game is just aging so well, and that's great. That's great news for the Pistons. But as far as this offseason goes, they got Tony Snell, uh, which fits the uh, perfect hole that they had because Stanley Johnson was playing a lot of the three. Then they had Reggie Bullock playing the three. They got rid of both of those guys last season. So then it was kind of this weird, what do we do? Do we play Langston Galloway kind of thing? And Langston Galloway is not a starter on a on a good uh, basketball team in the NBA right now. So they had to get someone. And, and the fact that they got it for a guy that wasn't playable and John Luehr is awesome. Um, Derek Rose, he's a great on-the-court fit. Uh, I just don't like the guy as, as a as a human so logical uh, yeah so just a little internal struggle for me personally but as far as basketball goes um i think he's exactly what the pistons need there mm-hmm. and i think the value is good there so two, yeah, two years yeah two years um 15 million i think it's good they got mark keith morris for just three million a year i love mark keith morris we love we love a morris uh in detroit we yeah. used to, we used to have uh marcus so you know, Mark Keefe 
to me is a little more of a shooter, not as physical, um, which is fine. And I yeah. think that that plays well. And up until recently, the biggest issue we had was we didn't have a backup center because really our our depth chart would have showed like Thon Maker maybe mm-hmm. as your backup center. Woof. Which is very scary because he's he. We don't know how old he is, and <laughs> his his ball is life mixtape doesn't show him playing any center, so it's yeah. <laughs> no, he really does play out on the perimeter a lot more as a defender, which is awesome because he's so lanky at like six mm-hmm. eleven or so. Um, but they got Christian Wood, which is just a great pickup for uh for a young cheap backup center. So love to see that Tim Frazier is their their insurance for Derrick Rose who Tim Frazier started a handful of games for the Pelicans last year and did well when he when he played um and then of course I mean the real moneymaker we got Saku Dumbuya who we will now refer to as Dr. Doom because mm-hmm. that's his new nickname so yeah perfect uh, timing that he signs with Adidas and they just had that Marvel line come out this year for Endgame yeah they can make like some Dr. Doom like cool ass like sneakers for him love it I'm in. Oh, man. Um he's eighteen, youngest guy in the draft. Um really they're looking at him being, you know, a few years away. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a huge project. Probably one of the bigger projects in the NBA, but really huge upside on that project. He really liked Coach Casey before he came to the Pistons. He actually used the term um I loved him <laughs> uh, just because one of his favorite players is um, Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Which he's getting a lot of comparisons to. I couldn't be more excited about. And that was really my draft comp for him when we did the mock draft and everything was Pascal Siakam. So the fact that physically he has all the tools, um, developmentally he's kind of at a similar stage, and it's his favorite player, so I know he's watching tape on him and everything like that. And one of the player, one of the people that helped develop Pascal so much was Casey. Mm-hmm. I mean, just couldn't be more excited about him in this specific situation. I do think, though, with him being 18 and so raw, he only played, you know, 20 minutes at summer league. Yeah. So he he probably will be third on the depth chart at, at the wing position. Svi Mikhailu will will definitely get more minutes. Um, I mean, Svi can. He can handle the ball, and he played the four at Kansas. Yeah. And he's an excellent shooter. So he's just a lot more versatile and, and ready to play um, over Saku. So. Yeah. I'm but, still as shocked the Lakers traded him for Bullock, just for a half-year Bullock. Yeah, yeah, man. I I mean, I don't know. I think Saku could be in any rotation in in the NBA. Um, yeah. Like a one through ten rotation. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's a starter in the NBA, but – Again, he can handle the ball. He can yeah. play the you know, up to the four basically and, and shoot very well. So he also like snapped someone's ankles in summer league, which was very exciting to see. It was it was pretty nice. So Yeah. I liked him a lot of Kansas. Yeah. I do biasedly, of course, I do think that the Pistons have one of the better benches in the league now. I do too. From arguably the worst bench in the league last season. So um yeah, great off season by them. You know they didn't they didn't improve their starting lineup a ton. Didn't you know? really have to. Um, Maybe so. you know 
maybe some reassurance for Reggie Jackson was probably the only thing I would think for them. Which they got. And yeah. And when you look at, you know, Ish Smith was the backup for Reggie Jackson. Ish Smith was also hurt um, too. So yeah, they just really shirred up a lot of those questions. Um, and Bruce Brown, I mean, up until the last three days of summer league, I thought Bruce Brown had a real legitimate shot at winning summer league MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I agree with them giving it to Brandon Clark, but same. I mean, he had a triple double in summer league and yeah, <laughs> hasn't been done since Lonzo. So, um, yeah. Lonzo was only doing that because LeBron was there that night, though. Right, right. So. Yeah. So, I guess that leads us to the Southeast Division, which if you don't (laughs) follow the divisions in the NBA and strictly just look at the conference standings, the Southeast Division was won by the Orlando Magic last year by three games over Charlotte and Miami with a record of 42-40. and So, woof. Um, Orlando, surprisingly, was 30-22 and in conference play last year. That's pretty nice. So... Look at this Magic team. This is a lot of running it back. Um, This is a lot of hope that your young guys can really develop. So they bring back Vooch, which was huge for them. He was their best player by a long shot. Aaron Gordon obviously has a long deal where he's still there. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is going to be in his third year. You bring back Terrence Ross. And then from there, you know, you have a lot of upside guys that you can try to see what could happen with. Um, You know, Mo Bamba. You know, what is going to happen after he missed that big stretch of his first year? Um, as a guy who has him on his Dynasty Fantasy Basketball League, I hope, a lot. Um, <laughs> He's getting shipped out. That's my guess. Al Farouk Amino, who you brought in, I like that signing for them. Just a long defensive guy. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously the big circle of Markel Fultz. And Steve Clifford was talking a lot about Markel during Summer League and seems to think that there's, you know, the best is still yet to come. Obviously, we all certainly hope so. We don't want to see Markel be a bust or fail by any means. So this team, it seems like, you know, they brought a lot of guys back and they're hoping that these young guys that they haven't had opportunities to play yet are really going to be there. And obviously I really like Chumo Kiki, but he tore his ACL in March Madness. So we're not going to see him this year. Yeah. Um, to me, the biggest thing adding Alf Rucamino is great. Just, I mean, yeah. this team is going to be stacked with like defensive wing guys um just long dunks and defense baby dunks and defense uh you heard a three and d we played d and d right (laughs) they they were a losing team last year Mm -hmm. uh record wise but they did have a positive point differential um and i think that especially the second half of the season they were one of record wise they're 42 and 40 oh okay yeah i thought they were they were the only team in the division had a winning record i thought they were 40 and 42 okay um but, yeah, they did have a positive point differential, which most teams around that range did. They had a really good stretch down there at between, like, February and March. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's just going to be a lot of defense. You know, it's still not a team that is going to get out there and, and score a ton. Um, I, I just think that they're going to have to move Mo Bamba. I mean, Vooch is locked up there. Yeah. And he's going to be their guy. And to me, it just doesn't make sense to have that valuable of an asset sit on the bench and play. I mean, he can only play center. Right. Obama can. And Vooch really, especially with that team comp that they have, where they have Isaac and they have Gordon and they have Aminu and stuff, it's not like you have the space to slide Vooch down to the four. So Vooch can also only play the five. And he's going to play 35 minutes a game. 
And that leaves you with, you know, is it worth it to keep Mo Bamba to play 13 minutes a game? Or do you just package him and, let's say, Markel Foltz and get something else better? You know what I mean? I think, too, if I were Mo Bamba's agent, I probably, too, would be thinking the same thing of, like, my guy's only going to play 15 minutes. Yeah, let's put him somewhere where he can grow. Right. Yeah, so um, that's another move I'd be, I'd be looking at. Um, that's another fun one in the in the trade machine. Send yeah. Us, send us your Mo Bamba trade machine. Yeah. Send us your best Mo Bamba trades, please. Yeah. We'd like to see them. We'll read them off in our next episode. That'll be uh that'll be a fun one. I think that, you know, we'll be playing around a lot with Kevin Love in the trade machine, and we'll be playing around with Mo Bamba and, and Bradley Beal and, and Bradley Beal. I guess should we go there next? Because you and I have been <laughs> off air. We've been very hard on this team, and rightfully so. I hate just about everything the Wizards have done. I, you know, I did not like them drafting Gruy Hachimura, and I am just not blown away by him. I wasn't in college. I thought he was the victim of Gonzaga's success of playing bad teams, where Clark really showed his athleticism and showed everything else. Um, literally, Kyle, listen, like so Bradley Beal's in this team, and then you're looking at like David Bertans, Isaac Bonga, Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, Rui, Jamario Jones, Jan Mahinmi, Jordan McRae, C.J. Miles, Admiral Schofield. Isaiah Thomas, Mo Wagner, and then an injured John Wall. This roster sucks. How many how many NBA players do you think they have on their roster? Do we still count Isaiah Thomas as an NBA player? That's your call. I have a. I'm ho- asking you. I will say yes, he is an NBA player, but I will say it's close. He wasn't on the Nuggets. Tell you that. That's true, man. They said, "Oh, we know you're healthy, but we're good." So. If we're counting Wall, <laughs> yeah, three. Okay, I I would say more than that. I would say Wall Beal, because I like Thomas Bryant. Yeah, that's I, okay. And Rui, and Troy. I think Troy Brown's Troy Brown. NBA okay. player. So yeah, five. But then, like I like Mo Wagner as much as the next person, but I don't know if he can play in the NBA. Right. You know, he didn't see enough time with the Lakers for us to know. Yeah. And I like Admiral Schofield. You know, I liked him a lot of Tennessee, but. Huh? I'm like, you can say everything you want about positionless basketball, but I'll I'll hold off uh, on Admiral Schofield till I actually see what he looks like on the court. Yeah. So. Yeah, I. We talked about this. They lost. All right, here, ready for the list of what they lost and got nothing in return. They lost Otto Porter, Bobby Portis. Um, Jabari, Jabari Parker, Trevor Ariza, and um, guy of the Suns, uh, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, and technically Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard. All of them were on the roster, and all of and Tom Thomas Saran. Oh yeah, <laughs> Thomas Saransky. <laughs> yeah. They Woof. lost. They lost all of them and got nothing in return. If you're Scott Brooks, do you That just... is a better starting team than the freaking Wizards will put out this. Yes. <laughs> that team that they lost for nothing is literally better than the team that they're going to pay. That this. team with Bradley Beal and they're competing. They're in a ra- they're in the race. Yeah. You know what I mean like and now Bradley Beal is going to be playing with six G League guys. Insane. Just absolutely insane. I I don't even know what the saving grace is for this team besides time. They still don't have a general manager. They still have no, not they just, the they just lifted the interim oh, did yesterday, they? I think. Okay. Yesterday, so. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. There is no reason for Bradley Beal to be on this team. There's no. just none. He's. I think that they're not going to trade him unless you trade for John Wall too. Yeah. So you have to have sixty million in a in movable contracts. Yeah, and the only and you know, obviously the Heat keep coming back to that because the Heat have a lot of bad money. Yeah. And they just want to flip those, and I think a Beal Butler team's fine, but at that same point, you know. When people are like, well, this guy's going to be healthy. He's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. I think people don't take into how much it takes them to kind of get into sync when they get back on the court. You know, Paul George, I know, is like the exception to the rule, and so is Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, how many guys have we seen come back from injuries? And you're like, man, they still need some time. DeMarcus Cousins, you know, Isaiah Thomas, who is now on their team, is done, it feels like, at times. Like, I'd never think we'll see – IT four ever again. I yeah. think he'll the never Brinks be Brinks truck. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. We'll never see that ever again. The tough part with John Wall is before he got injured, he was shooting thirty percent from three. Yeah, where his game was so much that speed, mm-hmm. and just he depended on his explosiveness so much that when you take away, you know, the thing that you know made him, in my opinion, he was probably a top twenty NBA guy before he got hurt. Yeah. I thought he was an elite point guard for a while. Yeah. But and uh, looking I, at his numbers, man, like there's nothing I like about his numbers last year. <laughs> so shot 43% from the floor. That's not awful, but I expect more yeah, from him. not good. Yeah. 32.4% from three in this NBA, you know, and then you're like, well, you know, maybe free throws in 78% from the free throw line for a top tier elite point guard. Like, no, you know, it's just, you, you need him to be better. And it seems like these last two years, he really is just, sometimes I feel like when I watch him, I don't know if he likes basketball. Like you just seem like these last couple of years and all this wizard drama started, you start seeing him where like sitting on the bench, rocking like a suit and sunglasses and having these Instagram videos where he's talking about how he doesn't give a fuck. And you're like, after he signs his contract and you're like, and sometimes he's like in and out of shape. And I just, don't know with him anymore yeah and <laughs> then you have him showing up to the es what was it the yes. nba awards yeah or whatever and yeah he's a mess he's an absolute mess i don't even know what you what you do i the only hope is just get off him but again they already they already blew it in all the other trades they made mm-hmm. i don't know they already blew it they they didn't retain a single asset they didn't get anything back in return they had like that three-year run where they were pretty good they went to the eastern conference finals where they had paul pierce right yeah then the next year where was, he was where he jumped up on the scoring table yeah when they beat the celtics and they took yeah. well they took the celtics seven games and lost yeah like but that game what was it the game six where they came wall hits the buzzer beater jumps on the scoring table and then they lose game seven and after he hits that shot jumps to the scoring table people had the conversation is he fringe top 10 player in the league yeah i mean i had that conversation i used to be like you know you guys love Kyrie irving so much look at these john wall stats right next to his and you know it was a yeah 2016 he was good yeah it's a debatable conversation yeah uh now it's not even close but i think that if you took the contract out i think that he's still a still a, a fine point guard i do i agree his contract's just too much. I think if you took out... But he's not like... Like, he's going to give 
in two years, he'll give better production than Chris Paul, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, I so, agree. So, like, I don't know. It's just so long. This is the first year of it, and it's, what, five years? Mm-hmm. That's insane to think. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of – people are going to have a hard time taking that contract. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's enough of the Wizards because they're depressing. Um, let's talk about Miami. Okay. So, obviously, you know, they draft Tyler Hero on draft night. Okay. Um, like that pick. I think it's fine. Some people think he's going to be a superstar in the NBA, and I, I'm not quite there. Um, obviously, they get Jimmy Butler in the sign-in trade, and they also add Myers Leonard. So, I think they've had a fine offseason. I think that they're – have improved their team enough to discuss potentially being in a playoff, playing up in the playoff run in the East. Um, obviously, being in that bad division is certainly going to help them a lot. Uh, but really, you know, there's still a lot missing from this team before I can feel great about them. Um, you know, bringing in Kelly Olynyk, you know, Justice Winslow is still there, who's a fine player. But we all seem to think this might be where Chris Paul ends up, or maybe John Wall. Or any of these point guards, or like the Chef Rock Yes. for bastards. Yes. <laughs> so, overall, I just I think they're fine for being in the East. I just don't love the possibility of them being super good. Yeah, this is a team. I mean, I've never liked the Heat, really. I mean, since LeBron left. Yeah. Same. Um, and I, I just don't like this roster at all, really. No, it sucks. And. Yeah, I don't know. I think that a 30-year-old Jimmy Butler isn't going to be like this franchise cornerstone that I think that everyone's right. picturing him to be. And Tyler Hero is probably a better two-way prospect than uh, than Luke Kennard. But I would say that's probably the most similar comparison we get. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke Kennard still only played maybe 18 minutes a game for a bad Pistons team his rookie year, you know, and still in his second year, he played maybe 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Again, for a, for a Pistons team that really wasn't good, that didn't have a bunch of backcourt depth. So Tyler Hero is not going to be like a starter. Yeah. Not yet. Tyler Hero's no, probably not for a year or two. Yeah. Um, he probably won't, probably won't start till the second or third year. If that, and you're looking at maybe 20 points a game or 20 minutes a game. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, so I just don't, I don't know. I, I really like, I really like, uh, Josh Richardson. Yeah. So I, I just don't feel like this team got like leaps and bounds better. I, I definitely recognize that Jimmy Butler's better than Josh Richardson. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that, but I just don't feel like they really got much better with, you know, everyone's just a, you get Goran Dragic a year older, and right. he's, what, 33 or something like that? And, I don't know. It's weird because I love their prospects, like because uh, it feels like it's a college basketball team. I've told you guys a million times about Kendrick Nunn, and it seems like he's finally going to make the team after he played a year in the G League for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Duncan Robinson, who I loved at Michigan, um, they just guaranteed his deal for this year, so more than likely be on the roster, not spending too much time in the G League. In uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, when they're in Miami. That's terrible. That's torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know it's great every month of the year in Miami. It's so warm and the beaches. Work harder to get there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yes, the Heat are okay. 
They're fine. Yeah. I think they're better, um, but I don't think they're going to do anything. I mean, again, if Jimmy Butler's 30 now, like how many more years do you think he has of being a top 20 player? Not many. One? Yeah, one or two. He's still a good two-way player, but... Absolutely. You know, I mean, I loved him in Chicago, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. I think, you know, it's going to take a lot more than him. I think you and I have this conversation all the time of, can a guy be the best part of a team that wins a championship? And I don't think he's... He's nowhere near that. And he might be his second best part on a team that won the finals, but it's debatable. You know what I mean? Like, especially in this duo era. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think Bradley Beal and Jimmy Butler win the finals. No, I, I just don't think they would. No, I don't think that team beats. I don't think that team's even a top two team in the no, East. They're not. So. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Talk about teams that aren't the top two in the East. The Charlotte Hornets, the worst team in the league, yes. the worst franchise in the league. I know we just did the Washington bit, but this is the worst team. Yes. This is <laughs> This is the worst team. Yes. I... It's so bad. Terry Rozier got fifty eight million from this team. Terry Rozier shot thirty percent from the floor for his career. Not from three. From the floor. Thirty eight percent. And you guys just signed him to a Shot thirty five percent from three, thirty eight percent from the floor. Like, what the hell? I so I liked that they got PJ Washington mainly because I knew it was going to happen in January, and I got to say I told you so. But yeah, I think PJ is a a, a pretty safe and a, a sure shot bet to be a really good NBA player for a while. I think so too, but they're really they're hard capped and they're bad. You can be one or the other. But when you're both, you've got nothing to sell your fan base. You know, there's no, and especially not the new tank rules, there's no, well, we can suck really bad and get Cole Anthony. There's none of that now. You know what I mean? So I think we saw that this year loud and clear. Uh, so I don't have any hope for this team. You know, Michael Jordan, as I said a couple weeks ago, is the Michael Jordan of bad ownership. And I don't see... Any way, shape, or form, this team wins more than twenty games. Yeah, I agree. They won't. They won't win more than twenty games. That's it. People shouldn't show up to their games. No. Don't yeah. go. And still, next year they're still gonna pay Nick Batum twenty-seven million, Terry Rozier nineteen million, and Cody Zeller fifteen million. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Don't go. You know it's bad when Frank Kaminsky leaves your team and you still have a ton of bad contracts. Ugh. God. You know, I do like, you know, I like Bridges. I think Bridges will have a good second year. I like PJ. Um, but that's the only thing I can think of why I would watch them on League Pass. Yeah, Malik two. Monk hasn't, hasn't proven himself. He's never started a game in his NBA career. He was a top 10 pick. And part of that's because of Batum, but... Yeah, but... St- or he probably would have played Jeremy Lamb. Oh yeah, maybe Jeremy Lamb. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but. Ugh. All right, next team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing we can add to the Hornets at this point. 
Well, and I think we've touched on. Yeah, we touched on every team in the Southeast. Okay. All right, so that brings us to the Atlantic, which is one of the three or four most competitive divisions in the NBA. Yeah. It's awesome. Definitely going to be one of the most talked about divisions in the NBA, too. Yeah, let's talk about Philly first because I think we all think they're the best in the division. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons signs his max deal, so he's going to be there for the long run. Embiid's still there. Tobias Harris comes back. You mentioned they traded for Josh Richardson. They sign Al Horford. I love that starting five. Absolutely love it. I think Horford is going to be great for Brett Brown. I think he's going to be great to have next to Embiid. I think Embiid can really kind of, if there's games where Embiid does sit out, you know, there's a pot, you can play Horford the small five like the Celtics did and plug someone else in to play that play that four position. I think the way that they the guys that they got and the moves they made, it sucks to lose JJ Redick, it sucks to lose Jimmy Butler, but they really made the best out of what could be a really bad situation. Yeah. I agree. I think they lost Jimmy Butler and they pivoted very, very well. Um I just I, I really like this team. I do too. I think this is the team that's actually going to come out of the East. And um, You are in the firm belief that you think that they could be the team that wins it all. Yeah, if I, were a bet, if I were a betting man, I would bet on Philly because they're... How confident are you that Philly gets to the conference finals? I would say about 80%. 80%, okay. I would say Milwaukee about 75%. Perfect. So... We, we believe that they're going to be in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. So then right now without seeing them play and everything like that, and just assume they're healthy, you know, what kind of shot do you think Philly has against Milwaukee? 50, 50, 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. So if we think they're going to the conference finals and it's a 50, 50 shot, they're a coin flip to be in the finals. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone in the West is a coin flip to be in the finals. No, I agree. And for me, I'm just like, it's a safe bet to get to the finals. And I don't know. Again, if I were betting, I would yeah. p- I would pick a team that I think is going to get to the finals. So if you're if you're out there and you're looking to drop some money on one, I don't. I'm not. They're not my favorite to win the finals. Right. You know, just to be clear, they're not. I don't think they're the best team in the league, and I don't think that they're. Yeah. They're not my my favorite, but I feel what you're saying. Just the safest bet. So yeah, I agree. Love this team though. I Re- love this team. I really do. Whole team is has a wingspan of like six eleven or more. Mm-hmm. Something crazy like that. They add Matisse Seibel to go with that. <sighs> Who, if you watched any of our draft stuff, you knew I had no shame in admitting I was very high on. Yeah, they got Zaire mm-hmm. this year. So yeah, man, they got some young wings. Yeah excited and the best part is al horford screwed the celtics to go there so dude that when you talk about you think that you think that they're going to the conference finals okay against Giannis. Mm-hmm. is there a team that's better suited to stop Giannis? no way in hell the two i would say that the three best players to stop Giannis, probably in this order are horford simmons and then Embiid. Mm-hmm. and you have all three of them on your team yeah, you can make Col- a case maybe for Davis and yeah, uh, well in the East. Yeah, yeah in the East. I mean, literally, you know that's insane. On your way there, who's gonna stop Embiid? No one, no one. I mean, the He's... Celtics are gonna be playing Enos Cantor. That is, he is gonna just eat his lunch. Yeah, 
I mean, I like Jared Allen a lot, but he's not going to keep Embiid from getting to the rim. DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, you know? Like, I don't know if, if Miles... Mitchell Robinson? I will say that, like, I think Andre Drummond has the physical tools mm-hmm. to to go at it with him, but hasn't been super successful against him yeah. in the past. I'm certainly not ready to say Wendell Carter is going to do it. Right. As much as I love Wendell Carter, but... yeah. So there's not a lot of people I think that can that can bang down low with them. No, and also kind of an underrated signing I really like that they got Kylo Quinn to be their bench center. I like Kylo Quinn. Yeah. And then I would say that once they get to the finals, if you think that let's say that you you value the LA teams and think that one of those guys is going to be in the finals, mm-hmm. one of those teams. I mean, I think that they're in a spot where they can match up with LeBron, AD, and Boogie, and Danny Green, and I think that they match up well against that team. I do too. And they're one of the only teams that does. And then, as far as like stopping long wings, I think they can do that too. Yeah, people seem to forget that, you know, Kawhi Leonard had to hit a crazy last second shot to, be, to eliminate these guys. Yeah. Like that shot doesn't go in, they go to overtime. We don't know. Yeah. And what do the Clippers do against Embiid? I don't remember, but I don't think it was good. No, like, what would they do now? Like, Montrezl Harrell is your answer? Yeah. Like, that's the thing is people, like, all these teams that did these great things still have weaknesses. When I look at the Sixers, I don't see some jaw-dropping weakness except for Simmons shooting. Which... Yeah, three-point shooting is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But J.J. Redick, his defense was at sometimes unplayable yes. in the playoffs. And now you got Josh Richardson, who's a very good plus defender. Yeah, he fills that Jimmy Butler role pretty well. And yeah. he's younger and shot 40% from three. and Yeah, so, I mean, you still have uh, Horford, which can space the floor. You have two really good shooters in Harrison Richardson. And then everyone on the floor is a really good defender. I, I just This is, this is going to be my favorite team in the NBA. Yeah, I'm excited for them for yeah. sure. All right, so let's talk about Brooklyn because I think Brooklyn had an outstanding offseason, obviously. Yeah. Anytime you had, <laughs> Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> anytime you had two top 10 players in the league or, you know, top 15, depending how you feel about Kyrie, I personally feel top 15, but that's neither sure. here nor there. Um, but not only that, you know, you bring in DeAndre Jordan, who's fine, you know, he's okay. Um, 31. He's. Yeah. Doesn't. He's not the third guy in the big three. Karis Levert is. Right. You have Levert. You really got a steal in this draft getting Nick Claxton with the first pick in the second round. And then you add Garrett Temple, who is a great defensive player. Um, they had a, There was a, quite a few moves they made. Torian Prince? Torian Prince, you got in a trade to get Kyrie Irving. You bring in Wilson Chandler. I lo- And you sell Spencer Dinwiddie, who you signed to an extension. I keep finding new things that I forgot about this team. You bring in David, David Nwaba, who is fine as a one-year guy have an nba journeyman i really like this nets team even without kd for a year i like this nets team yeah this is my number th- three seed right now in the mine too in the east yeah um whew, i think they're gonna be a lot of fun and i cannot wait to see karis levert i know in a full season yeah and we obviously know too i think a big thing for brooklyn and not to say that i think kevin durant will be on the court this year though i would not be surprised yeah, he can make a playoff run. Yeah, you see him in like late February, early March, like have him play like twenty games just to get his like his legs underneath him, because he's the kind of guy that's not going to take long 
to kind of get to that level. You know what I mean? He's probably going to be slow, but he's a shooter. He's the best Dude, scorer we've you seen. You saw him. I mean, he didn't play for like a month right. in the playoffs and came back and, and was, was lighting, it. Yeah, lighting it up that first quarter. Yeah, before he got hurt. Yeah. So I'm not – but like Karis LeVert, we all thought he was out for the year when he got hurt this year. Remember that? And we saw him um, two months later. Yeah. And played well. Was really good in the playoffs for that team. You know, they did lose D'Angelo Russell, but I think they're they're okay with that. Yeah, they improved in, yes. in every way. And they just didn't have shooting wings. No. And to get Torian Prince and, yeah, I, I just. Not to mention you got Torian Prince in a trade to make money for your team. Yeah. Getting yeah. rid of Alan Crabb. Crazy. Yeah. I think I mean, they had to give up the seventeenth pick, but That's which fine. was Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, so good a good deal all around for for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta actually traded it so that they could get DeAndre Hunter, but yeah, that, yeah. But just so we're clear, we did say that Atlanta would draft Jackson Hayes. We just didn't know that he was going to be traded. So yeah, we still count that. Yeah, we absolutely. take all victories around here in forty eight minutes. Oh yeah, we count those. <laughs> but I love this Brooklyn team. Um, you know, it all goes up to what do they do without a year of Kevin Durant? And I don't have this worry that some people seem to have that if Durant does come back, it's going to take him a bit to figure out this system because he's Kevin fucking Durant. He's the easiest player to integrate into a system, I think. Yeah. I mean, we just saw him do it. We right. literally just saw him step into a system that was working very well. And become the best player and win back-to-back finals MVPs. Yeah. Give me all of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for <laughs> so all of it. I mean, I just said Philly's going to be my, you know, my favorite, uh, my favorite team. Of course, besides my Pistons, Philly's going to be my favorite team. This is probably going to be my second favorite team this year, man. You and I, we had a big running joke throughout the season of who actually claimed the Nets to be their other team, and now <laughs> we're like both like this is going to be great, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I'm so stoked for this team. I cannot wait to see them play. Um, you know, they make me like all these moves that we've had this off season make me just want to get like a 20 game pack to the Pacers and just drive up for games. Cause you can pick the 20 games you want. Yeah. So I'll be like, I'd take two, both bulls games, take both piston games, take the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. sure everyone is like, yeah, I'll have the Lakers. I'll have the Clippers. I'll have the nuggets. I'll have the Nets. Yeah. But almost worth it. Dude, there is going to be so much good basketball when you think about it. I know. There's like six unwatchable teams maybe. Right. May maybe not even that many. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Uh, all right, we'll stick with New York then. We'll stick, go to the Knicks. So let's just bring the mood down here, obviously, because everyone thought the Knicks were going to be ending up with Zion, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, and they ended up with Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson, <laughs> and Reggie Bullock, and Wayne Ellington. And Marcus Morris and Alfred Payton, dude, signing three point guard or three power forwards, and then and then getting Marcus Morris like two weeks after, dude, <laughs> after he told the Spurs no, so insane. Why did he tell the Spurs no? What the hell? I don't know, man. I hope that Marcus Morris gets traded to the Spurs for DeRozan. <laughs> That's one of my that's one of my ones where I've been throwing it in the trade machine where I'm just like Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris, <laughs> for DeRozan. You know, you're like throw in Dennis Smith Jr. You're like 
PSN over DeRozan. <laughs> funny. Just to punish Marcus Morris. That'd be great. So, R.J. Barrett is kind of like, what is this team next year thing? He's going to be the guy that's probably going to get the most touches, the most shots. Um, I know a lot of people were very upset with his first couple his first couple games of Summer League, myself included, but really came on strong at the end. Yeah. I like R.J. Barrett a lot because he's a scorer, and there's always room for scorers in the NBA. You know, if he doesn't do anything else, he scores. He's going to be able to play. Yeah, he didn't look like the R.J. Barrett that we saw in Duke. And, and, you know, he only played 30 games in Duke, so we don't have a huge sample size of it. Right. But he didn't look like that player initially at Summer League. He didn't seem super confident, which he's always been Mm -hmm. maybe overly confident, I think was probably the biggest knock on him. He would you would forget he's on the floor, which again at times at Duke you're like, hey, just go hide, and I don't want to see you for a play or two. Like let yeah. Cam Reddish and Zion just have the ball right now. Um, so it was cool to see him in a different light, but I don't think it painted him in a great picture either. So, um, but he he ended great. I mean, yeah. he really did end great. Uh, he really played really well-rounded basketball near the end. And like you said, he's gonna he's gonna get his number called a lot this season. Really, the Knicks have young guys that I'm excited about. I just don't think they're a good team. Mitchell Robinson looked, exactly looked like he was on another level. Yeah, you can make a case to me that last year Mitchell Robinson was like worthy of all defense, and I probably would have been like, okay, yeah. This guy did not look like he should be allowed to play summer league. <laughs> no. Looked like someone should like step in, like stop the match, stop the match. <laughs> You yeah. know, Jared Allen played summer league this year. We talked, we forgot to talk about that, and that's just ridiculous. But yeah, I agree. I think Knox is fine. I don't think Knox is ever going to be great. I but I think he can score, and I think he he has some nice looking shots. Yeah, uh, especially in that Pelicans game. Yeah, but I really worry about Dennis Smith Jr. I think I've worried about him for a couple years now. Um, yeah, you know. Other than his 22 misses in the dunk contest before finally getting his dunk down, which <laughs> is the worst dunk contest. Yeah. But I, I'm not, I'm not high on. No one's high on the Knicks. No. The depth, you know, the way they're using their off season with all this money. What, I, so the, the one thing they did do, which is which is well reported, is they set themselves up for 2021. Yes, all these guys are on two year deals. Yeah. Randall's got a player option for three, which if any of those guys was going to have a player option to do that, it would be him. Yeah. So really, in 2021, the guaranteed money they have on the books. R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Brezdakis as well. Brezdakis is only 1.7 mil. So Roger Klotz. Phew. So, and, and Joakim Noah's $6 million cap. <laughs> <laughs> Man, every time I think the Bulls are a bad franchise, I'm like, we're not the Knicks. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Why, so, did, why didn't Kyrie and Durant want to go there again? I can't think of it. I just don't understand. Why would they want to play for Sean Marks over that team? I just don't know. They're a joke. Yeah, they are. But they've set themselves up well, and they've already sold the whole maybe we get Giannis thing (laughs) to their fans. So their fans aren't even – they don't even care about how bad they are because they think in 2021 they're going to get Giannis. We are very much going to see some Giannis Nick jerseys that would be custom made in the crowd this year. They they literally think that they're going to get Giannis too. Dude. This is crazy. The Knicks, Knicks and Laker fans, you know, like Laker, you know, like Laker fans are Photoshop and or mural. (laughs) They're obsessed. (laughs) There is, I saw today they put up a new mural and it was like, was it Boogie? 
No, it was Kuzma, LeBron, and AD. And I was like, just wait till Kuzma gets traded in like a week. <laughs> and <laughs> you're like painted to be boogie. <laughs> right. But gosh, they put up a new mural every freaking week there, man. Yeah, they do. And I don't know how every Lakers fan is so proficient in Photoshop. I know. I'm impressed. I am impressed. Teach me. There must be a, a Lakers Photoshop class or something like that or a group on for Lakers <laughs> fans because photo you know, they go to Adobe and, and use promo code Lakers and get a discount <laughs> or something. <laughs> man, no, it's not even that. When you put in like your like your like <laughs> credential information, they're like, Are you a Lakers fan? Yes. Here is all of this for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> so Toronto just won the title, but this is a team that's going to look pretty different. Yeah, I think that they'll do the whole first half tour, um, and then near the second half of the season or the trade deadline, they'll basically blow it up, and you'll be able to see Siakam, OG, um, and those kind of younger guys, you know, all play together. They did add um, Rondé. They added Randall Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, in theory, they could run out. Uh, they could run out a team of Siakam, Randall Hollis Jefferson, OG Ananobi, Stanley Johnson, and it's, you're just like not going to score against that team. That team won't score either. No, but I'll say you, you probably have to mention you mentioned those guys, but you probably have to say Cameron Payne's in there too. Yeah, but that team is just like the most lockdown defense no offense but yeah that'd be a fun be a fun little <laughs> yeah experiment. they're um they're know. fine they're, they're fine they want a championship it just yeah you want a championship and you have siakam and you don't have any bad contracts on the books after this year Yeah, because people are like this is like the 99 bulls i'm like no it's not that's not no, the 99 bulls one had a lockout season and two sucked so hard tony kukuch was their best player the year after they won the title. Yeah. They're, they're not that. Yeah. Like, I I don't think they're going to be a playoff team just because I think they're so um, fragile mm-hmm. that, like, I do think that they're going to ship out everyone, basically. Yeah. Lowry's 34. I mean, maybe 35 next season. Do you He's really want to – bicep re- injury. Yeah. Do you really want to re-sign, you know, that? Marcus Gasol, you know, how much longer is he playing basketball? Yeah, he signed an extension this year, obviously, but... Like, why would you, you know, if you're him, why would you play after this year? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just, you did it, man. You you have a Hall of Fame basketball career. Just chill. So, I think this team has real blow-it-up potential, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Go the first half of the season. Go into every arena. Um, you're the defending champs. Enjoy that. Do, the, like, your, you know your actual parade as far as your your schedule goes and yeah and that's it and just enjoy it you guys won the championship so that's exactly it. your your plan paid off yeah Plain you did simple. it it's good yeah i mean you're good for tw- 20 years yeah you're good remember when we won a title yeah it was great it was great it's like you you're a full person you're like yeah this has been terrible we won the title we won the title i can't even complain yeah I can't. I really can't complain. How many teams win titles in the last twenty years? How many teams won titles? So, um, five. Lakers, Warriors, Celtics, Pistons, Raptors, Cavs, Heat, Cavs, Heat, Mavericks. Spurs, Mavericks. Okay, so nine. Nine. You're one of the nine. Yeah. I mean, 
nine teams. So we're probably missing one, but off the top of our heads. Sure. So a third of the NBA gets to win a title in 20 years. You're one of the three. Yeah. You're one of the third. That's good. Exactly. So one of those other thirds is the Celtics. And this is the, I go back and forth because I don't know what to think of this team. I think that they're good, but I just don't think one. I'll never buy Celtics hype ever again after this last season, no matter what. But I think Kemba Walker will be an upgrade in the locker room to Kyrie Irving, but I think you're probably getting about the, getting a pretty similar player. I think that's been overstated a bit. I think that people are like, yeah, Kyrie's a better player, but right. the locker room, so it's a wash. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't know how much. I don't know. I just don't know how much like Kemba being a likable guy translates to him being all of a sudden like a top 12 player in the league. Oh, his first bad game, they'll want him out. Yeah. But so going Kemba, you've got Jalen Brown, who really took a step forward last year. We saw him kind of really start to come into his own. This is his RFA year. Um, obviously Tatum, who we were very open on. He was the same player as he was his rookie year. There wasn't this major step forward. You're going to get Gordon Hayward now a year after coming back. So, you know, two years removed from a snap leg. Yeah. Will he be back a little bit more back to who he used to be? I think he will. Yeah. Look at Paul George. Yeah. Paul George. I mean, after two years, I mean, he was fully back to it. So and then there's Enos Cantor, who is a really good offensive player. He's a good offensive rebounder, but you know, not playable on defense at all. Yeah, I don't think he needs to be starting for a team that, that's going to get out of the first round of the playoffs. Right. I agree. I think that this Boston team will probably get out of the first round of the playoffs, but more of in spite of. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah. I mean, Marcus Smart's still there. He's fine, you know. But after that, you know, you're counting on all these young guys you've traded for and drafted, these Grant Williams and these Romeo Langfords. I think everyone's be good in the NBA. Um, I really do. I think that was a really good value pick for them. But like Daniel Tice, you know, they have that center that's coming over from overseas. I don't really know much about, um, but I don't love this team. No, um, I think their starting five is good. I think when you put them up against other starting fives in that same area of like mm-hmm. the four or five seed in the East, they're right there. But they just wasted their assets for nothing. Yeah. All that time you try to get Anthony Davis. And it's scary. It's actually scary to think about. And I don't know. I think that if I'm like OKC or something like that, I'm not letting these draft picks um, turn into the Sacramento pick, which all of a sudden is the 12th pick when you think it's going to be the second pick. Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm not letting that stuff happen. I'm trading my draft picks for a young player mm-hmm. that is still on a rookie deal, maybe, or about to be a restricted free agent. I would trade my draft picks for a Brandon Ingram or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, do they, you know, do the Pelicans want to trade, want to keep Brandon Ingram? And eh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't think he wants to be kept. You know, and it's like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll just give you a couple first rounders for it um, or something like that. Um, but it just. It just feels like they had this war chest and, you know, all for what? Nothing. All for what? Like, they... You didn't get Anthony Davis. Your plan did not work out. Which, truthfully, he 
defected that when he was like, you can try trade for me, but I'm not going to be there long. Yeah, and they knew that, though. Right, but they still were like, Danny Ainge was like, nope, I'm going to make this work, and he didn't. And so now you look at at Danny Ainge, and you're like, wow, this guy is a real risk taker and everything. And it's like, is he a risk taker? I mean... These last couple of years, we've really seen a like, crumble in the foundation. You're like, okay, would... Every GM in the league would have traded Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Every GM. Yeah, you didn't That's not pull a risk. magic there. He, he had the opportunity to trade these aging stars that were, I mean, like literally expiring. Their NBA careers were expiring mm-hmm. for a whole team's draft future. I don't think that was taking a risk. I think that was a safe, yeah, as was safe a a trade as you could have made. Yeah. So, and you literally only got that deal because Phoenix wouldn't put Josh Jackson in the trade, right? So, like, you kind of dropped in your, you kind of dropped in your lap. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm with you. There's got to be a little, a little more scrutiny on Danny Age, and there's got to be more scrutiny on on Brad Stevens. But would you rather have a superstar or Brad Stevens? That's the goofiest thing that any that we used to come up with, <laughs> and that NBA Twitter really dove into. Yeah, they they hit it hard. But I'm sorry if a coach can't keep the locker room good, and if a coach isn't managing the rotation well, a la Gordon Hayward getting his number called too many times, Mm -hmm. maybe Brad Stevens was a big part of why Kyrie was not good in the locker room. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) There is someone in charge of the players. And that's Brett Stevens, and I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's any, any, like, I don't know. I'm with Accountability you. as far as all that goes. Yeah, I agree. I definitely it's agree. It's just like everyone loves Brad and all this stuff. I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't make sense to me. I'm with you. I agree. I don't. I guess I don't know what losing the locker room looks like if this isn't it. I think my thing, too— and we've, I mean, obviously I've been very open about my feelings about the Celtics for a long time, but you know, the Celtics keep like getting this, like all these, their Celtic, all the Celtic fans are like, yeah, you know, we're the city of champions. We're Beantown. We're this. And it's like, you can sell me on the Patriots and the Red Sox with that. But like, and I understand you guys have won a title in the last 10 years, but you guys aren't title contenders every year anymore. Like you had a run where they were for three years. And then you've underachieved for a long time. So, like, don't come at me with this bullshit anymore that the Celtics are a championship contender because I don't think they're one of the four best teams in the East right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, I I just – I haven't seen a front office team of Danny Ainge and, like, Brad Stevens. I, haven't, I don't remember a front office that fell short of expectations due to – bad managing of players and bad managing of assets in one specific year. I mean, it was one of the worst years I've ever seen as far as managing players and managing assets. Yeah. Literally one of the worst years terrible. I've ever seen. And like not a, a single word is being said. And that's crazy to me. I mean, I, I didn't know it sounds like we're bashing the Celtics. We both picked them to go to the finals. Mm-hmm. You picked them to win the finals. I did. So again, I know it sounds like you're bashing the Celtics. You picked them to win the finals right. last year. It wasn't so, like I was fully against them. Right. You, I mean, you will give credit when credit is due. And I don't know. It's, 
Yeah. I don't love it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'll leave it at that, I guess. So that wraps up the Eastern Conference. Yeah. That was quicker than the airtime that we put this together, but okay. um, I still really liked it. It was fun. We're also going to do the Western Conference later in the week. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. It's good to be back doing shows again. I know uh, it's been a crazy, hectic summer for all of us. So thank you all for tuning in, as always, and um, check out the Western Conference episode. Also, check out our debut episode of Hoop Cinema this week. Yes, Sean Mackey and I, we go back and watch basketball movies. We are debuting with Space Jam. Yes, teaser. It'll be this week. We promise. All right, everybody. We'll see you for the Western Conference one as well.